0: Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens.
1: Everyone, I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, and owner and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and business requires a different kind of vision. I have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity. And I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. I'm excited to be here today with Mike. Oh, my goodness. It's Ratkiewicz. That's a a hard that does not roll off the tongue. I'm going to say that. I'm not Mike Smith.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's quite okay. I wish I was a Smith.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm like, I am excited to be here with you, whether I can pronounce your last name or not. Um, Ratkiewicz. Did I get it right?
0: You sure did. Bad,
1: okay, wait. All right. Mike yep. has a rich career in hospitality, having run large scale restaurants before creating his own. As an entrepreneur, Mike saw a market need for a healthier way to buy and snack on delicious food without the processed ingredients or expensive costs related to them. Together with his co-founders, who also happened to be his family, they developed Aura Food, a humanity first, sugar free and low carb product line with recipes in mind for the better health of all people. With over 50 years of combined hospitality and marketing experience, this team is poised to bring better, healthier products to the market like never before. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss your art of seeing clearly.
0: Thank you, Dr. Tendler. I appreciate being here. Thanks for having oh, me.
1: Oh, you are so welcome. This is going to be awesome. So
0: Definitely.
1: you have a uh, an entrepreneurial background.
0: So Definitely. So
1: tell me about your vision and where did that Vision for being an entrepreneur start.
0: It was innate. I mean, when I was ten years old, I was babysitting and cutting lawns, and uh, you know, pet sitting. And you, you know.
1: were one of those.
0: Oh yes, yes. Uh, I. You were one of
1: those. Yes, I was. I was lucky.
0: I was born with it. I had that fire. Um, I always wanted to work for myself. I always felt like. My bosses made the wrong decision, and I made the right ones. As as as, I don't mean that. You were you were
1: born to work for yourself.
0: I was, I was, and you know, as I got older, I definitely had the goal of um, you know owning my own restaurant. That was really where I wanted wanted to be. And so
1: Where did that come from?
0: You know, I've kind of always had a service to humanity mentality. Like when I was in grade school, I was a tutor and a peer mediator. I was in future problem solving, all these like nerdy things. But I was. As a child and hey, throughout life.
1: Quote, unquote, nerdy things that bring you to future greatness.
0: That's right. That's right. right. So, yeah. So I just always had a an, a great interest in serving other humans. And so restaurants are such a wonderful way to facilitate that.
1: I mean, restaurants. So of all the things to pick, a restaurant. So tell me more about that.
0: Again, it was something I felt as a child. I, it just I don't I, it chose me. I didn't choose it. And um so yeah so I started I started working um you know just at like Outback as a you know 15 year old and I moved my way up to much larger restaurants got to a point where I was running a 12 million dollar a year restaurant at 22 and uh that was that was my college I got paid to screw up on someone else's dollar and so And you
1: probably got paid pretty well. Yeah. Did okay. But with, but with but with some stress uh, related to that?
0: Yeah, I was yeah. working probably 90 92 hour weeks so uh wow. it was it that? was
1: Go, okay but where did that you know like where do you think that drive came from
0: burn just there's a burning fire within I, I don't know how to explain it you know it's that soul spark it's just that it's that thing that gets you going it's 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 untangible it's innate and it's just something that i've always had and i feel very blessed to have it um and it, it, it's I was yeah that's that. something
1: that's something you can't you you, you can't teach that work ethic or that drive and right interestingly you you listened to it you listened to that inner calling um did you ever question yourself
0: oh all the time i thought i was crazy i thought i was working too much um but it was all building towards getting to owning your own restaurant and so <sighs> once once that okay. happened okay. uh it all felt worth it
1: okay so when did that happen Tell that me a little in, bit about that.
0: Yep. That was in 2010. Um, and we took over a turnkey Italian restaurant with a guy that was wanting to retire.
1: Okay. And we say we, you mean, you and your brother, correct?
0: Yeah. Yep. And my father okay. was involved and as your well. father. Okay. Yep. And, um, unfortunately, uh, we started suing the seller for fraud, uh, the first uh-huh. month we were open and there was a whole lot of bad things that happened. The books were cooked. Uh, I could go on and on. It was a very, very, um, we bought a lemon to use a car analogy, so to speak, and we didn't know it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So so that's a, you know, one of my questions was, you know, for you was, uh, something that had put a roadblock in your way to, Mm -hmm. you know, to reaching your success. How did you overcome that roadblock?
0: It was a long process, Uh, so we operated the restaurant for the rest of the year, and the health department wasn't going to give us a new license in 2011 unless the structural damage to the building was repaired. Um, and that was on him and he did not do it. And we ended up in court uh, several years of litigation. Uh, and, here's your
1: dream, right? Here's your your first yep. entrepreneurial dream of yeah. becoming a mild nightmare.
0: Yeah. M- mild is an understatement. Uh, it, it, was, it was dragged on for years. And finally... The court, the court used the precedent from 30 years before, and we basically got like one-sixth of our money back. And after paying all the vendors and lawyers and all that,
1: oh, that, goodness. Was,
0: that was
1: it. And we
0: thought we were going to do another restaurant. We thought punitive damages were coming, and so we were going to take all of our money back and go do another restaurant. And that is not how it turned out at all. How did
1: it turn out? Because ultimately how that ever turned out led you to where you're at today too. So how did that turn out?
0: Yeah. So once that happened, uh, I, you know, I looked at my brother and I was like, I need a change. I got to get out of here. I I was, I was, we were all devastated. I mean, this was, this was such an unbelievable process. So I uh, sold all my things. I grabbed my dog and I packed up my car and I drove to San Diego without knowing anyone or anything. And. I just blindly got out and um, I actually, it's so funny that your podcast is called The Art of Seeing Clearly because I started a holistic practice. And so I started teaching meditation and doing healings and teaching like remote viewing. And so, you know, seeing clearly has another definition to me, you know, you you talk about your 2020 vision, I also think about your third eye vision. And oh, so, so I love
1: it. Yeah, well, there so. there is a play on that. And I think you and I have um some similar thought processes in in that. And I have a, a question for you later on that kind of leads to that. So yeah. So interesting. So you did you kind of went that route. Tell me um, you know, anything in your um, past your career, whether it was in the restaurant, you know, restaurant business, um, how do you think that those things helped you see yourself more clearly and led you to, um, becoming more of that holistic practice?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the the thing about restaurants is you never know who you're going to meet on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just got to know people that were in tune with, like, spirituality and meditation, and I had always read things about, you know, Buddhism and Confucianism and different religions, but I was very, to be honest with you, at the time, I was atheist, and I started learning about auras and meditation, and then I started meditating, and I was was hooked and so if that was from meeting people and you know new ideas and you know uh, i never could sit behind a desk i loved the interaction and the energy exchanges and you mm-hmm. talk to enough people you get a worldly perspective and everyone's got a different story to tell and if you're willing to listen you can really grow and appreciate and you know a lot of people are rigid they're like set in their life and i'm very malleable and free-flowing and i want to learn and uh i was able to you know reached so many people. And that's kind of how it happened was, you know, facilitating through that and just experience of others.
1: So what about that transforms and leads us to uh, your, you know, new business your branding for Aura Foods?
0: Yep. Yep. So I, so I moved to San Diego and had the holistic practice going and I just started talking to my clients um, about how they eat, and you know, you know, the West Coast is very, um, you know, clean eating, plant based. It's it's on the forefront of all that. It, it has been for a while. And um, I, I was basically starting to look into what these people were eating, and I could not believe the cost. I mean, a loaf of like gluten free bread at the time was thirteen dollars, and I was like, this this is crazy. Who can afford this? Like, could could the common man afford that? Absolutely not. And so, wow. yeah. yep. so I actually started working on a plant-based yogurt in my kitchen after work every day. And uh, eventually we hired a food scientist and then things just kind of started happening. While well, at the same time, my brother was baking cookies, brownies, um, crackers, biscuits, pizza dough. He was tempering he's his of
1: the he, He's more the, the food guru per se that way, right?
0: Definitely. I was okay. working on the yogurt. He was working on all the baked goods. And so I didn't know he was doing this and he surprised my mom and I, and he's like, I have all these recipes and we're like, oh my God, these are delicious. They're sugar-free, they're carb-free. We're like, this is amazing. And we decided to make a go of it. And here we are. And it's, it's been quite the run, but man, has it been awesome.
1: That's fabulous. What is your vision or mission with Aura Foods?
0: Yeah. So it's, you know, making, um, clean eating food accessible to all And that was the thing that we found that the market was missing. I mean, first of all, food has to be delicious, right? So let's just get that straight. Yes. Delicious food always wins, right? But you need, you also need to hit, you know, a price that's fair, um, you know, and then accessibility. So I I was noticing, um, you know, these like high-end stores were having all this kind of food, but you wouldn't see it in like Target or Walmart. And that's where, you know, that's where a lot of people shop and, you know, more like Mm -hmm. traditional grocery stores as opposed to specialty stores. Mm -hmm. And so we want to bring a whole product line of food um, that we know is delicious that, you know, people can eat, you know, with their whole family, you know, maybe you're on a budget or, you know, but that's, that's, that's the goal is to bring it to everyone and still, still keep it delicious.
1: Fabulous. How long have you guys been working on this concept?
0: So we actually uh, incorporated a week before COVID. That was fantastic. Uh, That's okay. So I
1: opened a few months before COVID. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, you definitely understand. (laughs) Um, So there's obviously been challenges. Um, You know, our food scientist was developing the yogurt uh, formulation for probably about six months. Uh, my brother had been working on his baked recipes for about a year and a half, okay. um, and we have just been getting to the point where we can get manufacturing and distribution and all that stuff set up. And we're we're like we've we've gone live on our website um, a few days ago, and we're just finishing up some things with Amazon before we go live there and really start. Mm-hmm. You know. great yeah uh, i did i did
1: see your website so i see that that's live yep. so yep. yes Exciting congratulations for sure. uh, thank well you. i i can tell you're you know passionate about caring and this kind of goes to what you said earlier too about the third eye and and um you know that meditation that spirituality but i can really tell you're passionate about caring for people from the inside out um as well and i feel like we we have a a commonality there in my business, I feel like I also have a bigger why behind yeah. what I do, of just helping somebody either um, see better or see, you know, see themselves better. There's something behind that that goes um, further inside helping empower to help hopefully change them somehow, help them I that positivity, it. um, help them maybe truly see themselves better. So that, that, that's some of our values and our whys. I kind of go from the outside in and work mm-hmm. that way. And you're kind of uh-huh. looking at going from the inside out a little Absolutely. bit, like I'm trying to, you're trying to do that nutritionally and, and achieve that. Tell me a little bit about that leads me into how Aura food products help serve people and especially with when they might be concerned about what they're putting in their bodies. How does your food product help them with what they're putting and ingesting inside?
0: yeah you know so we actually looked back at like family photos from like the 1960s and if you look at those pictures people are every, skinny everyone's skinny and <laughs> i just they, had they, this
1: conversation the other day with somebody
0: right and they <laughs> smoked cigarettes they never went to the gym they ate whatever they wanted And now we have all these horrible additives in our food and it's those things, you know, corn syrups and, you know, things of that level that, you know, preserve food products for two years. But do you really want your food product lasting for two years? Like, I don't think you do. No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. And so look at what's happened to society dietarily in the last, you know, 50, 60 years. Obesity is through the roof. You know, one in three have diabetes, one in two have pre-diabetes. I mean, there's just, there's just, you know the allergens, you know, the, the gluten intolerances, and you know, so many things that have happened in the last 50 years. And we want to reverse that we want to be a one stop shop where you can have a whole food product line um, that that, uh, that doesn't do that to you and your family like that. Mm-hmm. Those are those are horrible things. And you can feed yourself great. You know, you just have to make the right choices and yes. not have it be so expensive. The accessibility portion is huge.
1: Yes. I mean, so you're really trying to marry both um, quality, whole food with the accessibility. So why start with cookies?
0: Uh, Of all of our products, that was the one that everyone (laughs) begged Scott for. So so everyone was like, your cookies are ridiculous. Please put them on the market. Please, please, please. And people have tasted all of our other products and they really like them. And but everyone was like, the cookies are your flagship. I'm obsessed. So Give it's a little some-
1: bit of an oxymoron, right? You're going after this nutritional aspect. I mean, yes, I'm sure somebody said this to you before. And yet we're going to launch with cookies. But- right,
0: right. Well, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're definitely outside the box thinkers. And, you know, he, he has a sweet tooth, but he, you know, he wanted to lose weight. Him and I were both very overweight growing up. Okay and so that was something that always stuck with us as well and being able to enjoy the foods that you like but still have it be healthy was really where his mind was but we listen to the public. Everyone was like, "I want the cookies now."
1: You, you ultimately for you have to listen to the public, their yep. their wants and needs and desires, yep. and try to help use your mission and goals to help uh, fix that problem. If you absolutely. would absolutely, that is fabulous. Well, interestingly, on the on the nutrition standpoint, I'll even go back. I know you're looking for low sugar, low carbs, um, you know, whole foods those types of ingredients in your products. And I think back in, uh, you know, my history as well, first it was like, oh, we can't have anything with fat in, and now I could care less how much fat it has in it. I just want quality. Um, And then it was like, oh, we can't have carbs. And now I look at is sugar, my most important ingredient is sugar and um, limiting that amount. And so, I mean, your product and what your goal is really does, does speak to me as well. So absolutely. How do you um, we talked about the accessibility for people Um, like there's kind of food deserts, food scarcity. How does the price factor come into your mission and values with what you're working on?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the price of everything is, is up these days. So we basically we want to be fair with everyone in every way that we can. You still Um,
1: have to. It it is a business. You still have to be able to run that and be profitable.
0: Absolutely. Because that's what's going to bring the opportunity to um, release more products down the road. As as I said, we have a whole line of things that we want. to. I
1: know you're I I, can I say, you know, is that your yogurt is are you when are you launching that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're actually in talks with two different manufacturing companies. Finding someone to manufacture plant-based yogurt at this point is is challenging um, because most are still in dairy and they don't want to convert. And the few that are manufacturing built their own facility and don't want to compete against themselves. So it, it has it has been a challenge finding someone to manufacture on the level that we are because the retail connections we've made are very large and they're asking for very large quantities. So you're so gonna,
1: gonna build your own, gonna build your own outfit?
0: Uh, I don't think that's the plan. I, I really do. think I really do. I'm not, I'm not interested in the manufacturing side yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, obviously it's important. Um, but we are in talks with two different companies right now. And we really, Great. we really hope to be rolling that out soon. As soon as we can, we feel like that's the game changer. Um, we've tasted every plant-based yogurt on the market. And they're either missing texture, or price, or flavor, and one component's yogurt's, good. And yogurt's
1: one, tough, yeah.
0: It, it, it really is. And everybody
1: but, wants something a little different, too.
0: Yes, they do. Ultimately, I,
1: we all want it all. Right,
0: right, of course. But <laughs> our food scientist, who also lives a plant-based life, is a genius, and she has come up with a she has come up with a formulation and five flavors that will knock your socks off. And we believe so much, and all the samples we've given out to everyone—they can't believe it's not real dairy yogurt.
1: Wow, that's exciting! Can't wait to can't wait to try that one. Absolutely. So Uh, I'm going to take you out a little bit away from Aura Foods for a moment and ask you a little bit about um, your journey um, as you've kind of come uh, through the last—I don't know how old you are, and I don't need to know, but I'm going to say decades. I was going to say a couple decades. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're starting new businesses. I mean, there are fears, doubts, those kind of things that we need to overcome within ourselves and able to, you know, perform and move forward and with our dreams. What's kind of one big lie or something you felt like you needed to squash in order for you to succeed and be able to move forward to where you are today?
0: Oh, boy. I, you know what? It's, it's the, the voice that comes at you that you can't do it. And, you know, so I said those
1: lies, right?
0: Right. And so it it, that comes in many forms. Sometimes it can come from yourself. Sometimes it can come from others and they'll they'll just they'll shoot down whatever you're doing. And you what you have to do, at least for me, is you have to turn that and flip it into fuel. Right. And so you hear those voices or those doubters or your own self-doubt and you almost turn it into like a ball of energy. That's like inside you, like in your gut. And that is what drives you and gives you more passion and, you know, the belief that you're going to go, you're going to accomplish whatever you want, but you you have to, you have to shut out the rest and really look within and believe in what you do. And the trick to that is to, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Cause if you're, you know, people that do jobs that, that they're not passionate about, it's just not the same. And it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have that life to it. So yes. I'm really a big believer yes. in turn your passion into your work.
1: Yes. And uh, hopefully people can find that or maybe they maybe they don't care, don't want to. But I do think entrepreneurs have that way of of listening um, to who they are, finding that passion then finding that opportunity Absolutely. as well and, and trying to mesh it and all make it happen. Um, so the. Potential for someone to own their own company. This is something that came to you early. Are you, you know, did you have this, uh, is this in your family that you guys are kind of entrepreneurial mindset? Or was it something that, no, this was something that was unique to me? Because some people, I would say I've met people and they're like, oh, my parents were this. So we grew up talking about business and we grew up talking about Ownership and entrepreneurship and all these kind of opportunities. I'm like, I didn't grow up that way at all. Tell me about your story.
0: Yeah, I I, same, you know, both sides of my family is all worked. Um, They all work jobs and they still do Um, not entrepreneurial at all. Um, I think at a very early age, I put such a high value on freedom. I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted all the time. And it's, it is one of the most important things to me in life. If I don't feel free, I don't feel whole. It feels like something's wrong. If, if I, if someone at a job put me in a box, I, I don't feel it's it, it's foreign. And so the the value of freedom is what drove me to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, entre- fascinating.
1: fascinating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, entrepreneurs, I'm sure you, you know this, but they're the only people that'll work 80 hours to avoid working 40 hours. Right. But <laughs> yes. it's true. And <laughs>
1: that's a wonderful quote.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And so it's, it's completely true. And I'd rather be free than go work for someone else. That's really what it is. And I'll answer to my customers. You're always going to have to answer to somebody. But at the end of the day, I want to look in the mirror and know that I'm answering to myself and them and that's it. And someone else's decisions aren't going to impact my day-to-day basis.
1: I think that is fabulous. And I don't feel that um, whatever happens with your current, you know, with your current company, and I hope for its success as well. But no matter what, I already know that you're that type of person that will make a turnaround. There's another chapter. There's something else um, that that is definitely something deep within you from uh, from very early age. How I appreciate
0: that. that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just say one thing real quick. You know, the other thing about being an entrepreneur is you only have to be right once. You can fail so many times as long as you're right once, you're good. Right, yes. and so yes. failures, failures is something that that drives you. Everyone has mm-hmm. it in life, no matter who you are.
1: What was one of your first failures that you really remember that kind of taught you? Who, or maybe mm. you know, um, maybe you didn't recognize it at the time, but looking back, so that's that's something that you know, failure is always this this word. And I think as we get older and wiser, and as entrepreneurs, you have to be willing to be okay with failing to move you to the next step but it's like, oh, I remember the first time I officially got an F on something and I'm like, oh, and that's just not me. (laughs) Right, right.
0: Well, uh, I was blessed that that didn't didn't happen, but I really wanted to get into U of I and into their engineering program. And it was highly, highly competitive. They had a, a racial quota too. So being a white male was, you know, you had a very small chance and I didn't get in. I was crushed and I was like, man. And so I ended up going to Northern Illinois, which was a great school, but like I used that, U of I bit to when I went to Northern to just to go crush it there instead and be proud to be there. And, but at the moment, my, my grandfather went to U of I, my aunt, you know, my aunt went to U of I. And I was like,
1: so you felt you'd failed.
0: I totally felt I failed and I was not happy at all. Uh, but it, again, it was something that I turned into fuel, just like other failures. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was the first Absolutely. major one. Yeah, I really I really wanted to go to U of I and I just I did not get in.
1: Anymore in life, I look at when something doesn't happen how I want. I'm like, okay, where's the, where's, where's this leading me? Where am I supposed to be looking? What, what is the opportunity that's going to come course. from this? Because this didn't happen.
0: Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
1: How did you with your, you know, a lot of startups, I mean, truly you are a, a is absolute startup. Um, How do you secure and go about securing funding? How did you find that was beneficial for you? I mean, you'd run a restaurant before that you guys kind of partnership in. uh, That was a little different. This is a true, true startup. Any advice for other people in that position and where to go and look for resources?
0: yeah uh save that's that's my best (laughs) advice honestly it really is uh i i will tell you this project um came from our grandfather's inheritance um and so we were very fortunate in that regard um i do have some friends that are entrepreneurs and they say the same thing you know work and save and have a plan for where you're going to spend your money um but honestly you know cut costs where you can, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to live cheap, but if you really want to secure funding, uh, that's definitely the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously there's, you know, SBA loans, there's all kinds of grants that are out there. Um, there are COVID loans out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are different avenues, um, but really uh, if you want it to come from yourself and that's the easiest place, it's to work and save. And mm-hmm. I know that's a, a lame answer, but I really feel like that's the that's the fastest way to get there.
1: I think that's I mean, those are wise words from somebody who's who's lived it and breathed it and has a lot of colleagues and friends who are are in that boat, too. So, Thank you. yes. Um, one question I want to make sure that we we get to is one of my uh, signature, you know, kind of. What I really want to know, what do you feel are your personal techniques for seeing yourself and the world more clearly? Again, beyond business, but what do you do and what are your own techniques to help see yourself clearly?
0: Yeah, I I really go back to meditation. And, you know, meditation can be a lot of things to a lot of people. So playing the piano or going for a run, you know, it's, you don't have to sit there and say, oh, there's so many ways to go about it. Well, I'm me, glad like, you
1: said that because I'm think meditation. I'm like, I can't sit still like that.
0: <laughs> yep, It, it, it means <laughs> a lot of Maybe someday, things. but not yeah. now. I mean, for me, cooking is meditative. You know, it's it's relaxing. I can, you know, put energy in the food, but really it's just a time to, you know, relax and think about what's going on and slow down. Like we go so fast. Everyone's brains go a mile a minute, right? Yes. And if you can actually slow your brain down, that helps begin the seeing clearly process, yes. and it's when we act fast and we don't take time for ourselves that's when things get muddied and cloudy. And mm-hmm. so I find I find when I cook, uh, it's a great time to just almost like do a little wusa and just like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. Let me slow down. I should think about things like this and and just relax. And everything's so on the go and rush, rush, and we live in a insta economy where everything is just on demand 24 7 we need to reverse that process so if you want to see clearly slow down relax and almost like have a conversation with yourself as as weird as that sounds
1: Um, no i don't think that sounds weird that made me think of how even something like journaling can make you slow down and listen to yourself and how that can really help you find answers and you know, see past, see present, keep you present and hopefully think of some ideas for the future.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you the same question so I can hear your answers?
1: Well, I haven't ever been asked that before.
0: Well, now's a good time.
1: Um, So, so things that I do to help see, you know, my world more clearly, Um, truly, I believe taking care of myself. If I'm not taking care of myself, I can't take care of my, my work, my staff, my patients. I can't take care of my family. I can't be present for them if I am giving too If I haven't started with, I don't want that to sound selfish and some people might Mm -mm. think it does, but if I don't start with me, um, with my internal, you know, my needs, um, then I don't feel like I'm giving my best to others. And when I try to cheat myself of that, mm-hmm. I feel like I am not as good for others either. And So if I can do that, and for me, that is, um, I I love working out. I like that, that exercise component. Interestingly, as I do that, that allows my mind to kind of numb, but mm-hmm. sometimes it allows me to problem solve as well. So sometimes when I'm in those moments, I can problem solve better. I. Think more clearly. Um, I can recall things better and come up with solutions, and so I love uh, that for myself. So things that give me energy are that being outside, being active. Those things give me energy and interesting. Some of those get give me physical energy, give me emotional and mental energy
0: too. I love it. That's awesome. I just have one more question. Can you tell me where the yeah? Can you tell me where the name of your podcast came from?
1: You bet. Uh, Well, my name Allison R. Tendler. So Art. Right. Okay. Those are my my initials. And uh, in my in my office, uh, we're Art Vision, Artisan Skin and Laser Center. And we are about, you know, again, helping people see like they are works of art. They might have better vision now. They're actually seeing the world better. So there's better clarity. But um, inside, I actually want them to feel like they are more like works of art as well. So the whole theme and philosophy comes
0: from that. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, I love what you're doing. I really do.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, on that note, um, Mike, I think I'm going to thank you to you for coming on, sharing yourself, your passion and your mission with our audience, Um, opening our eyes to the fact of your current mission that healthy food can and should be accessible to all and for working hard to try to make that for us. And yes, even cookies and, you know, can be delicious and nutritious at the same time. So I think that's fabulous. So, and thank you for sharing your art of seeing clearly with us and for caring for people from the inside out and making desired foods taste better so we can live better as well. And I think your mission is fabulous.
0: Thank you. I appreciate all of it. This was great. I had a lot of fun. (laughs)
1: I had an excellent time as well. We should do this again, maybe over some yogurt or or cookies or something. Yes,
0: that would be great.
1: (laughs) Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. You as well. Okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye.